At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight on the Destiny Show podcast, we celebrate 100 episodes of the show with two epic legends from the Destiny community. First, we invite a rising star from the Destiny community. He's a legend in the Crucible, coming to us from the sunny Miami, Florida. He's a Twitch partner, Destiny community badass, only 21 playing it in the crucible and trials since 2016 he is one of the best players in the crucible he is the one and only defizzle thank you so so much for joining us tonight hello it's so great to have you and it's such a pleasure and thank you thank you for being here (laughs) yeah it's no problem and Guardians, we also have another returning 
champ on the show, the one and only GG Grinds. He is a returning legend from the Destiny community and from the <laughs> Destiny show's past. He joins us and he was such an amazing guest. And I thought Thank we you. would invite him back to join us to talk about all things Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. We're going <laughs> to dive into all things Trials of Osiris, The Final Shape, this week at Bungie. And we're going to put our guest. D Fizzle on the hot seat tonight. Technology. How you been? How's 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 everything going in your side of the world? Oh, good. Yep, no complaints on my end. Business as usual. Uh, enjoying the new season. Excited to see where uh, where we go after. Excited to see what comes next, especially with the next season in August already. This the seasonal content's been pretty good. Yeah, the story. The story is so so good. Oh, yeah. So, Guardians, tonight on the Destiny Show podcast, we celebrate 100 episodes of the show with two epic legends on the show from the Destiny community. First, we invite a rising star from the Destiny community. He's a legend in the Crucible battlefield coming to us from the sunny Miami, Florida. He's a Twitch partner. Playing it in trials since 2016, he is the one and only D Fizzle. Thank you so much for joining us again. Such a pleasure to have you on. I know you've been really, really busy today on your stream. Uh, definitely lots of things going on in the Destiny world. How is your day going? My day's been good. This will be the last part of... Uh business for the day for me and then i'll probably be awesome. going to bed. Well, well thank you so much for being here it's such a pleasure and we're gonna we're gonna put you on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians so i hope you're ready i am ready <laughs> awesome so guardians we're gonna put our guest d fizzle on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians and first question that we have for you is how'd you get started in the destiny community how did your destiny journey begin I just honestly played the game a lot like um for me i think i played the game a lot and eventually happened to find myself around people that were also trying to accomplish the same goals that i were trying to, or that i was trying to accomplish at the time and it was very early in destiny one so it was you know that everyone was kind of new like there wasn't really like established um clicks so that's that's pretty much i just played the game a lot and uh set out like with goals and like i would look on leaderboards and like ask people close to me on the leaderboards or like that i thought might be trying to do similar things uh questions of like if they're down to play or not and eventually from that i started streaming after grinding enough but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very cool and now you did mention that you know you've had a chance to play with some of the pretty pretty larger creators in the space and uh, i'm curious how did that experience come about were you intentional about um you know aligning with certain individuals or were you friends with certain people who you know uh pushed you into content creation um it was just always something it always been a dream of mine but i think for me one of the things that 
got me passage to play with those people is uh my like skill it's they wanted to play with a good player that would help them with their carries and i was i could be that so that's how i was able to weasel my way into those opportunities so to speak love that love that well you know skill is really important to have and if you have the skill and if you put in the time and commitment great things happen yep yep very cool and now i'm i'm curious you're 21 and you're partnered on twitch when did your partner status take place when did that all come about uh that took about six months wow for me as That's i said okay. i already had like an established reputation in the community so it was not too difficult for me but that was because i'd already put in a lot of work beforehand to make that so love that so it sounds to me like there was a lot of preparation time in that yes yes a lot of time and energy put into preparing for that for sure love that and you mentioned that you know skill is what really carried you through and got you noticed in the community and got you the recognition what is your secret to becoming such a good player like i know you're you're a badass when it comes to the crucible um i don't know i just i think for me i just put a lot of time in so i think if you put like you know three thousand hours into anything in life you know you're probably gonna be pretty good at it you know and I wouldn't say it was only just skill. I think it's a lot about like the relationships and like you make yep. and, mm -hmm. and like how, who you are as a person, because you know, you can be a really good player, but an absolute fucking dickhead and people will not like you. So it's definitely a combination of both for sure. And I have that team player attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hundred yep, percent. I, I always try to be that way. I don't even, even when Love I'm it. doing like help, you know, it's, it's, I, I never, I, I don't think any game ever is ever one individual's fault. It's always like a collective because if you're a team, you know, that's just the way it goes. It's a good leadership quality. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. And GG Grinds, you've been, you know, you've been doing some great things in the community too. And I know we, we had you on the show sometime last year and you know, you've been doing some great things now. How how's your journey going so far in the community? It's it's going well, you know. Um, still, uh, still, I guess what you'd say, like if you break it down to, I mean, if you want to go down the realm of like analytics stuff like that, you know, still finding my footing. But in terms of like, I think for what I'm after, it's mostly the fun factor and the meeting everybody. Um, like as a person, I love people. Like the job that I do is very people oriented. I love meeting new people. I love getting to know them. So like when you really break it down, like destiny is like the perfect game for that because it's, it's, it's a social game. It's, it's gonna, you're going to interact with someone at some point. It's inevitable that, you know, you can match make, but at some point you're going to have a friendly interaction or maybe a bad one, but regardless, you're going to, it's a very community driven game. And I, it's just been incredible to, get to know everyone in the community and and you know like you meet someone new every day and 
Um, I think the best part about it and something that you you do see a lot in the community um, in certain sectors is you have an opportunity to be a role model for a lot of people like, you know, perception is reality. And, uh, you know, what you what you do, what you put out there into the space is what many people are going to follow, especially folks who are new to the game. You know, they look to they look to people to find out what they who are the, who do they want to enact? Who's their who's their aspirational figure? You know, and, and and Destiny has been great for trying to put out good energy and try to get people to really enjoy the. I mean, the whole thing that Bungie has given us. Because if this game wasn't around, I got to be honest, it's it'd be different. Things would be a lot different. So it's uh, it's been a wild ride. Been a wild ride, man. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I I definitely relate on that. Because I think this community is probably, I would say, the biggest gaming community that I've been a part of. I mean, and you have other gaming communities out there that exist, but I think there's something with the Destiny community that makes it stand apart. Definitely. As an example, I think if something goes wrong in the game, I think people care a lot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, whether they act positively or negatively, they still react. And I think it's more than what you get with other games, like, let's say, Fortnite or Apex or um, The Division. You know, other live service games that haven't quite achieved what we've been able to get with Destiny as an experience. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. So... I know that uh, Fizzle, you do trials carries on your channel. Yeah. You help scrubs like myself <laughs> get through <laughs> really difficult activities like trials. And I'm curious, what was your hardest carry like? Can you recall a time when you had to really struggle to get that W? Uh, yeah, I mean, that happens. Um... I've had many hard, super hard carries uh, in my time of doing carries. Back, I've been doing it for years. So, uh, but I can't. I don't know if I could say a hardest one. Like I, I, I think the longest one in terms of time. There was one back in D one that took like two or no, it took eight hours to do. Um, but I think, and I don't. Re- it was on uh, Spiders, or th- it was on Thieves' Den, uh, a Destiny 1 map. I don't know if you remember that, but I think that was probably the toughest one. But I- I've had a lot of tough carries, and that- that's, you know, just the way it's going to go. That's part of doing it. So Nature of the beast, huh? Yes, very much so. I- that's why it's there, obviously, is to help people like that, that need the help. Not so much, like, to have them do the work for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I I haven't ever had to like do any carries. I don't think I've ever been that good do any carries in the game. However, <laughs> I will say that coming in as not a very good player. I remember I was playing with Reb. We were playing Trials and the end of our run that one it was like the 7th match. It was really difficult because like everybody died. And I had to essentially like 1v1 versus a really competent player, to say the least. And I was able to actually 
get the kill for the team and that felt so freaking good and like it oh, helps yeah. boost your confidence really mm -hmm. uh coming in from the other perspective but i always try to come in to like learn and try to be able to offer as much value as i can at least through like listening and like following because i feel like oftentimes when i'm playing trials it's like a whole another ball game like the the players are very skilled so like oftentimes you'll get spawn trapped for example or sniped and i don't snipe <laughs> i'm working on that i'm still not a sniper Let's go still working on that so what's what's your what's your ideal loadout in the crucible today what's like the meta that you're using for me personally, I think it depends on the map and the way that people are playing. I don't think that there really is any loadout in Destiny anymore that is always 100% of the time going to be the best thing to use. That just doesn't exist. They've kind of made the sandbox, so that's not the case. They're like, but in my opinion, at least. That's really interesting. So maybe my strategy and the way I'm thinking about it is all wrong. Because I shouldn't be thinking about it from, from like, let's use this weapon. I should be actually intentionally thinking about the map and what the other team is using. So how do you, how can you be more intentional with the maps that you're playing on and the people you're playing against? Like, is, are there methods that you utilize to help you build a more effective loadout? I mean, you just, it's, it has a lot to do like i said with the map so you just have if you know the map you know the like ranges of the engagements whether it's going to be medium to long range or close to medium you know things like that so like let's say you get eternity you're gonna you, you know that's a big ass map right like so you're gonna want to yeah. use like a pulse or a scout and kind of play the the range of the map and maybe you know you could play that map and maybe the enemy team all has hand cannons on and you can get away with using a hand cannon um, but like I said, it, it, I think the meta right now, there, there is metas for certain distances of engagements, if that makes any sense. No, but there, isn't, there isn't a meta, a hard meta like we've had, like, you know, when it was Thorn last word, there's nothing like that anymore, in my opinion. And there hasn't That's been for a while. Yeah, like, <clears throat> like, like, I think what you're trying, like, kind of sort of what you're getting at is like some maps are more geared towards like you know a pulse like a you know a pulse rifle some are more meant for like you know a scout kind of just looking at ranges of engagement yeah um well i mean I, it's not so much that some maps are geared that way it's that some mm -hmm. teams you have to play against them that way it just depends. Uh, like a counter yeah yeah you, you i got gotcha. you you have to be like <laughs> you can't just be one-dimensional like you have to be willing right. to like change up what you're doing right on because if you don't do that then you know i mean if the enemy team's using the pulses and sitting in the back of the map and you're using a hand cannon and it's a big map you know you're just you're not gonna survive adapt and overcome yeah. <laughs> right on man i love how strategic you are because i i don't think that way and i probably should more in order to leverage those things but I generally use a pulse or a scout because simply put, um, I'm not very good with close quarter combat. So like mm. hand cannons, for example, I would get 
demolished with a hand cannon. But I'll bring in a last word or a thorn, and I can't do anything with it. I can't, I can't get any kills with it. So I think now, one thing, well, I think I was in the same boat as you, uh, Corn. And for me, what my, what really switched my stuff up, and this was just what worked for me. I don't think there's a single, you know, miracle, but I played D1. Now, granted, that was 30 FPS, but I had played on the default sensitivity for the longest time. And I noticed that by the time we got to Destiny 2, I was still playing with sensitivity. And then someone had told me, hey, you know, you can you know, change your look sensitivity. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I realized that, you know, a lower, if you're a controller player, at least now I'm, I'm transitioned M and K and it's been a brutal battle, but on controller, like, you know, lower sensitivity is better for, you know, they say like, it's a little more sticky aim assist. So you'll be brutal at long to mid range engagements, but your close combat will get a little sticky. And then, you know, there's a nice middle ground. So someone actually recommended back when I played controller, like between five and seven, and I tried six and my aim was terrible for probably a month. But after that, everything started to click. And like the close quarters was a little bit smoother for me. I was able to react a little bit more with shotguns and, and the snipe game was still pretty smooth too. And it, it, it just felt clean. So um, one thing that that helped me at least was just figuring out that some sensitivities, at least if you're a controller player, trying one out, uh, trying out a new one would help. It's just going to take an adjustment period with your muscle memory. Oh, was I not supposed to talk? This is awkward. Oh no, sorry. I muted. Oh, I'm just I'm there. just messing with you. <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting for him to like follow up. Uh yeah, no, I was and it's funny because I was talking, but my so I have a roadcaster and it has a button that I can just press to mute myself so you all don't I just, hear my dog. I just pictured I the Spider-Man meme. He, he gets very excited and it's easier for me to edit when I mute it instead oh, of having 100%. to go in later so sorry about that <laughs> that was awesome no that was oh, like the great. spider-man meme all three of us were pointing at each other <laughs> i thought he was gonna go next it's, i can actually awesome. probably make like a really cool meme about this god but, i would love uh, that <laughs> i'll i'll go talk to destiny the meme <laughs> she's the expert yes so, i'm curious slightly different topic if you both could travel anywhere in the world where would you go assuming covid is behind us assuming that you know the world is in a better state where where's your dream place to go and visit uh i don't know uh, maybe germany Ooh, uh, germany i like that yeah. Yeah, i'm not sure i like that you know, why, why germany uh because i'm part german actually maybe oh, Ger- okay. germany or well, cuba because i'm also part cuban so So in uh, college, I had the opportunity to uh, study abroad while I didn't go to Germany, but I did study abroad with two German individuals. Uh, we stayed in Sweden, uh, although we were able to travel to uh, nice. Amsterdam, which was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun time. Really, really fun experience and definitely 
something that I'd love to do more of. I, I think traveling just it makes you more well cultured and you get to really gain appreciation for more than what you normally would be exposed to. Definitely. And the other really cool thing is I was like, I was from New York and everybody for some reason thought I was a celebrity. I was like, no, like New York is a big place. There's a lot of people that live in New York. Not everybody is like living on a high rise building. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. that was definitely a fun, fun experience. Um, you know where I'd love to go? Japan. Yes. Oh, one as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. Japan, man, I really want to go to Japan. Yes. Like, just, just to have like dinner every night in Japan would be yes. just epic. So I have a tradition, and we're we're gonna do this later tonight uh, when we do our twab segment. But I'm a big big fan of sushi, so um, every time that a new raid comes out, we have something called raid sushi because I have no time to prepare any food or to do anything beyond just like finger food. And sushi is that perfect food that you can just eat like quick on the go without making a mess as yep. you're getting ready to play with your fire team. So it has become a tradition for us to do sushi every time a new raid comes out. Yes. Grinds, what about you? What about you, brother? What's what's your like epic place to visit? Oh, I'd be going right back to Japan in a heartbeat. Going I'd be back going to right Japan? back. Okay, we need to talk. Oh yeah, I was. Well, I was. I got back here and started this whole journey after I was overseas for two years. I was. Uh, I was on Okinawa from 2017 to. March of 2020 is when we got here back home. Wow. So you were, so you actually lived in Japan. Yeah. Um, now, That's you know, amazing. experience was a little different just because um, Okinawa is, is one of the Ryukyu islands. So it's, it's not mainland Japan, but it's still a part of Japan. Um, kind of like, kind of like Hawaii. Um, but it was, it was beautiful. Um, and uh, the best thing about it was it, it uh, well, there was no winter. So it was just like the tropics all year round. Um, and if you are a sushi fan, you would have an absolute heyday over there. And if, and if you like ramen, uh, they have some of the best ramen shops. And I mean, you walk in there and there's just manga for sale like right in front of the counter they have spots for you to just like sit and read them while you're uh eating your ramen the place is just fantastic it's it's like a best way i could describe it is if there's a place that you want to go to just experience like peace and like like really like surreal like just nothing in the world could bother you i i there's something about that place man and it uh it's it's great it's great Love that. Yeah, I definitely have to make a trip to Japan sometime in in hopefully not too distant future. I yeah, I truly hope it. I wish everyone could get out there. I truly do because it it will 
it'll change you in a good way. I, I swear by that because you'll see and you'll appreciate and the people like the locals are some of the kindest people I think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. There was a single bad interaction. They are like they're the type of people that if you were to like leave your wallet or drop it, they will sprint after you, hand you your stuff and then say, have a wonderful night. Be safe. It, it's just it's great. It's 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 great. That's that's awesome. That makes me want to go even more. And like, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I'm so curious, nice. what what brought you to Japan? Like, what led you to live there? Oh, I'm. Uh, so I joined back in 2015. I joined uh, the U.S. Navy under an active duty contract um, as a as what's called a YN, which is a yeoman. So basically, uh, we deal with awards um uh correspond and stuff like that um and you know my first tour was in fairfield california for two years uh we were at an air force base i think it was called um uh what was the name of that travis travis air force base in northern cali and then after that in 27 that was from 2015 to 2017 then we went to uh okinawa and then after that we got back here in 2020 and we are now we're here back in the US in uh, Virginia. Well, dude, thank you for your service first off. Oh, dude, no, thank you for that's, the support. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing um that you know 100%. you uh, sacrifice your life for our freedom. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, dude, I mean, of course. Thank you for the yeah. support, man. I figured that was the case uh, was that you were over in Japan uh, on like, you know, a, a tour or something like that. Like, so yeah, service. that was my assumption, but I didn't want to say anything. Oh, Thank you're you. no, you're fine, dude. Oh, dude, my yes. pleasure, man. Thank yeah. you for having me having all those uh, streams and YouTube videos for me to watch while I was over there. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm curious, GG, this wasn't planned as part of our conversation, but also like, I, I didn't really, realize that you served how yeah. is it to be somebody in active service being a guardian like do you have to take extended breaks from the game often are you able to bring your playstation with you do you have like a <laughs> schedule when you have to go fight some bad guys and then you go and play like how does that work so it um uh, it's different for everybody um you know i would say the first, uh, you know, my first tour, which is because because the way it works is you have shore duty and you have sea duty. Shore duty is exactly how it sounds. You're just you're you're on shore. You're not uh, you're not at sea. You're not considered, you know, on sea duty or overseas. So typically it's it's like any other gig. Um, like, for example, the place I'm working right now is your typical like, you know, like a 730 to to three o'clock type deal. Um, you go in, you, you do your job and you get to go home and then you have what's, you know, you have your weekends off. It's Liberty. They call it Liberty, but it's, you know, it's still just time off. And, uh, you get like this weekend, for example, you get what's called, um, 96 hour Liberty. You have a four day weekend. Um, so it's, it's very much like a normal civilian job, just with a little more, you know, nuance to it. You got like protocol and, and military bearing, that sort of thing. But other than that, it's really not much different. Now, when you're at sea, like when I was in Japan, that's when it kind of gets a little bit real. Cause there's a chance of, you know, deployment, um, and, and going out, you know, at sea for certain periods of time. 
Now, when that happens, obviously, you know, you'll be lucky if you can, you know, take your laptop or like, you know, one of my buddies that I became friends with, he said the secret sauce is downloading a ton of things on a like a, a D at the time. It was like a DS or, you know, um, one of your mobile devices or you take a laptop and you just cram as many games on Steam on that thing as you can. And you take that with you and, you know, you could still play games and stuff like that. Um, but me, I was lucky uh, enough that when I was out there in Japan, um, didn't have any type of deploys. So it was very much like what I have here, where I just kind of drive into the place, which is on the pier, do my thing and then go home. Um, the only thing that was really different about it is just when you're trying to play overseas, obviously, when you're tr- if you're trying to play with friends in the U.S., uh, that ping, though. Uh, but <laughs> but we made it work and it was kind of cool because like you get matched with people who are close to you. So at the time, it was a lot of Australians uh, and, um, you know, the Japanese. And I actually made a lot of friends that I still have contact with that I played with over there. And um, there was like another content creator, uh, Miss Euphonium. That was a funny story. She uh, we played against her on Xbox. And now we, you know, we we stay in close contact all the time and she uh she she whooped us on crucible and now we stay in touch all the time and i didn't even know she she's a content creator and here we are and uh just really cool it was a neat experience it's it's been fun that's sounds really really cool yeah and now i'm curious on a slightly different topic for the both of you if by chance, Bungie were to hire you to create something new in the game, a new mode. Uh, could be a PvP mode or a PvE, whichever you prefer. Mm-hmm. What would you create? What would it be like? And um, how would you design it? Hmm. Probably take oh. a course. <laughs> Yeah, how would how would I design it? Yeah, that would probably be the first. probably get a book. Yeah, um, I feel like we I don't know I, I feel like a lot of people don't like this, but I, I think more objective based game modes like a capture the flag would be very nice. Um, I don't know. I, that would probably be what I would do is like a capture the flag because I, I feel like Destiny is really lacking that, like, objective-based, like, team-based uh, game modes in the game. I, like, we got kind of that with Rift. Like, mm-hmm. it's somewhat yeah. objective-based, and we're actually getting zone control, which, you know, the, kind of touches on the TWAB, which is more yeah. team-based. But uh, I, I think we could probably use, like, a capture the flag or something like that. Yeah. You know what I miss? I miss something like King of the Hill. I mean, they they can get really creative. Yeah. Like, I I almost feel like we had more variety in the modes, at least in the PvP side of things, um, in Halo. Yeah. At least for me, it felt like there was more in terms of variety in different activities i mean that's all halo had really was the multiplayer you know that that yeah. thing is not like there's a for halo they make a campaign and that's it that's you know yeah. well like think back like halo reach i mean we had firefights right like that was kind of the halo that brought this new wave of cooperative gameplay yeah yeah but we had that in halo 3 as well 
Okay, rule, fair. So. Yeah, fair. Oh, right. ODST yeah, had that, right. I think. Yep. You're right. So, yeah, Reach wasn't the first one. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, is like, even with Halo 3 ODST, there were other games at the time that were doing the same mm-hmm. thing. For example, Gears of War at Horde mode, and I believe Call of Duty. Gears 3 did, also, yep. Yeah, Gears 2, I think Gears 2 had Horde mode as well. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Actually, Gears, yeah, two. Gears two had horde mode. I believe Call God, of Duty had games. their their own like spec ops mode. So for yeah, Halo, I remember that. Halo yeah. at the time, firefight was like that. That was like their like PVE like cooperative game mode that wasn't campaign. To kind of meet so that. much. I played so much Call of Duty before Halo. Oh, one hundred percent. Before Halo and before Destiny. <laughs> Obviously. Definitely. I grew up on Halo personally. Like uh my the first game I ever played was Halo Combat Evolved when I was four. Yes. That's yeah. so awesome. God, I wish he wouldn't it was good up until he said he was four when he played that. Now I need to go take fish oil for my joints. <laughs> was the original Halo your uh, original Halo? Was the original Xbox your first console? Yeah, actually I it wasn't even mine, so my dad works at like uh my dad I don't know he does he's like in the film industry like that's what he does oh, that's and, awesome, uh, man. and at one point when i was four i was like at the, the shop or whatever where they have all the gear mm-hmm. and they had an xbox there and his mm-hmm. friends were playing halo and i asked if i could play and that's pretty much where it started for me and then i played it there at the shop and then i asked my dad like hey can we get an xbox and halo and then eventually got that for me and then i started <laughs> playing it at home and now i'm here so that's awesome. Love that. You know, there's one thing in the seven years that we've been playing Destiny that I think we're missing in the game. And that's space combat, space battles. Like we've had missions where we kind of had a oh. little bit of that, but it has never been to a point where it's team based or anything significant. And I definitely think it's an area that we can do more with. I'm I'm with you on that, just because, you know, the other day I was actually thinking about that. And I think what brought it up was I was watching the Starfield gameplay and I saw the space combat. I was like, you know what? That's not too far fetched to think about that in the uh, in the Destiny verse, just because, you know, up until now, our ships have been mostly you know you see them in cutscenes now when we're trying to transmat out or you see them uh as i mean they're there's basically essentially our loading screens um but it would like you said it would be nice to get a little more familiar like a ship should be something that we take pride in you know that that's our ship that's unique to us and it would be cool to like if we're going from one planet to the next to kind of you know just have a little flying sequence, you know, and and, it, and another thing that I think would be nice about that is it would make it a little more realistic because these these species that we've been fighting in the game, they have to have they have these space fleets, they have to have fighters, you know, they have to have some sort of Navy or space fighters to get from one place to the next. They don't just kind of fly into orbit and then we just kind of, you know, they go on a pose. So I, I don't know. I really hope we get that. I think that would be a nice little addition. I think a lot of people would appreciate that. Yeah, I think that would be pretty awesome to I, see. I don't know if that's realistic in terms of things they're going to accomplish or if it's even right. something that's on their, like, on their... Your radar, or, yeah. Yeah, or the... Yeah, I mean, we're not even getting SRL, so I doubt we're going to get, like, full full out, like, you know, space... Um, 
Yeah, I, I think these are probably more ambitions for what we could potentially see after the final shape, honestly. Yeah. Right? I think that Bungie as a company is probably all hands on deck with both the next project that hasn't been announced and also building more Destiny content. I'm sure that whatever is coming after next season is probably what they're really working on right now to really get that ready for launch. Right. Um, and, you know, then there's going to be new seasons that we're going to be expecting to get. So I'm sure there's going to be efforts put there. But I also think that it's interesting that Bungie has been hiring so aggressively over the past, mm -hmm. I would say, two, three months. I've seen a lot more social media posts about positions opening up left and right, which would indicate to me that they're trying to make more content um, available to players more frequently. Yeah. So I'm curious. What do you do when you're not playing Destiny or creating content? Default. Um, I mostly just watch shows. It's very tough for me. Like I play so much games for work. So when I, um, you know, I'm done working, it's very tough for me to want to get on and be like, oh yeah, time to play some more games. But I, I mean, I do sometimes, but frequently. But like in the in the like recent time, I've kind of just been like watching shows or yeah, you know, I go to the gym stuff like that. So I'm talking about you as a Stranger Things fan. I haven't seen the new season, but yeah, I, I um, it's dope. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a new season, and I am very excited for it. Oh, Cannot yeah, wait. It's great. Cannot wait for it. It's it. From what I understand, they broke it up into two seasons or two yeah, parts. That's right. Two part, yeah, yeah, two part. Um, so you have access to half of it now. It's available on Netflix, and then the second half will be available in July. Gotcha. Ah, uh, now I have to watch the fourth season. I'm it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I've been waiting for it for a while. It's a good thing I haven't watched it then because uh, I don't want to like wait. Like I'm gonna I probably will binge it, and then you know I'm no, gonna have to wait till July. So I mean, July is only a month away. So yeah. Yeah, it's it'll it'll be here soon enough, and there's a lot to keep you busy in Destiny. A lot of things to do. We still have uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls coming. We have the big Solstice event. Uh, we have a lot of things that we have to look forward to. We have one more Iron Banner too, um, yep. and. The conclusion to the story. Let me pull up the actual schedule here. So I, I hate to be a negative Nancy, but like I, I really don't feel like there is a lot to do this season. Fortunately, it's been kind of a, a drier season in terms of uh, content. Like in we, the only new content we got that was like new, and it's not even new, was the Derelict Leviathan. And I mean, if you played Year One Destiny, then you already know the Leviathan. Um, and I think this has definitely been a kind of low point for the game in terms of content. 
Um, but I think a lot of that is probably because of the air accuracy changes and a lot of the work in the season went kind of towards PVP. We get, we got a new map, which, I mean, we haven't got a new map in like almost 900 days. So I figure that's kind of where, you know, a lot of the focus went this season. Um, but that's just how I've been feeling. I still enjoy the game and play it, but I think in terms of content, it's definitely been kind of lacking, unfortunately. And with events like the Solstice and like the Dawning, for me personally, I'm never too excited when those come around because they're just so boring. I just don't find myself personally having any reason to go and play in those events because I don't care about any of the rewards or anything about it. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. It's just like, bounty farming and like that or farming rather and it's not anything mm -hmm. too interesting and i think they definitely need to look into more into like making these like seasonal events like the solstice and the dawning like i really think it'd be a good idea for them to bring srl back because that's something and, that's different it's yeah a diff it's a different exactly. gameplay loop right we're, we're so used to running around and shooting stuff doing bounties that's we yep. do that all the time that's not anything we can do that we don't need the solstice for that. We don't need the dawn. Right. But if we have this event that's like, you know, something different, like it's a gameplay loop that we don't experience normally, and that's yeah. only around for that, you know, period of time, that's going to draw a lot more attention to that event and to the game. And I, I think they definitely need to focus a little bit more on like yeah. making those events like something actually special. Whereas right now, I feel like it's just like, you know, new armor and stuff like that but it's or like different armor every year but like yeah. actually playing the event is not something that i find or have ever found like interesting or fun unfortunately that's just my opinion it's not a positive one but it's how i feel right yeah and i play the game a lot yeah. mind you i play pvp a lot um and i'm always going to especially because it is what i do for a living so regardless of whether or not i'm having the best time in my life or the worst I'm going to be there playing because it's my main game and I take it very seriously what I do. So, yeah, definitely. Totally understandable. And you bring up some really good points. Like for a player who has done it all, you may not necessarily have as much to play for. You've got everything. So it's like there's no incentive beyond maybe that one or two seasonal exotics that we get introduced or reintroduced. Because, I mean, looking at the seasonal roadmap, you have the Duality Dungeon, you have Iron Banner, Trials, Grandmaster Nightfalls, Solstice, and the end of the season story. To me, I would say the standout things this season would be the story. I think that Bungie did a really, really good job with the story. Yep. But the problem is, if you're not into the story in the game, you're not going to care about that. If well, you're just a PvP player, that's yeah. not going to really move the needle for you. Yeah. And, and you know, and I'm I'm in agreement with much of what um, uh, D Fizzle said, and that is, you know, the story, the tour, the story, the season's top notch. It's probably it, it keeps moving the the momentum forward. Um, love that. It's just. They're still, they're still, they still need to figure out the secret sauce. I think, um, 
I think they're still trying to figure out. I think they're still changing things up. I just, um, you know, I do agree that for, for someone, there's the veteran players who have been there, done that. And then there's the new players who, you know, give me anything and, and I'm good. Um, and it's tough to fill. It, it's, it's tough uh, to fit the needs of everybody because, you know, same as where, you know, anywhere else in the world, every single person is different in what they want and what they need. And Destiny is a game where you 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 got a big plate that you got to fill with a lot of different things in order to satisfy, you know, everyone's everyone's palate. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, sh- I do hope that they start to figure things out, because like another thing is, you know, that I really am glad that Defizzle brought up is, you know, Solstice and the Dawning are in a huge need of a shakeup of a, and I mean a shakeup, like they need to have something that's going to, you know, maybe a new weapon archetype, something, a couple new weapons instead of just one, one to chase after just some, some to shake the branches a little bit to get people reinvigorated into those events. Cause right now it's kind of like what he said, where we know what to expect. It's sort of like, Oh, Hey, we're going to get cookies again or something. And, and that's fine. It's just, there needs to be some fresh, fresh ideas brought out and and reinvigorated to really wow some of the vet players uh that are still around in the game now that if they figure that out i think they got a good recipe for really catching some momentum but they just gotta just gotta get there so that's a really interesting point and i'm i'm curious what would potentially do that what can bungie do to bring that element into the game I think, and this is just my opinion, I think they just need to look at the, because Destiny has always been by trade a grindy game. It's it's the way it's it's built. It's the way it's been the foundation of the game since the beginning of the beta. What they need to do is they just need to look at, they just need to take a hard look at some of these events that have been around since the beginning of time. You know, you got Solstice, um, you got uh, the Dawning, which for the most part, they did, uh, I think they did change up Festival of the Lost a little bit. Um, not too much, but at least a little bit where it, it was a little bit more exciting this time around. But with the Dawning, you know, you're making cookies, you know, it's kind of like what D Fizzle said, the bounties play a huge part in completion of these events. I think what they need to do is they need to take a look at the bounty system a little bit closer because the bounties at this point are a resource to boost your season pass to like for the folks who really want that grind, they go pick up bounties every day, they knock out that season pass to a hundo uh, within the first week, sometimes just from bounty farming. But I think these events, these solstice, the dawning, they need to drop the the bounty farming portion of it and focus more on like quest chains, like kind of like how these weekly um, seasons are set up, you know, um, or the story missions. Like you'll go and you'll do the same thing, and then you'll you'll get the story mission, which is you know that's fine. I think they just need to come up with like an actual quest chain, like hey. For this dawning, you got to go to the moon, do this, you know, maybe even reinvigorate a new story mission or a reprise strike uh, that fits the theme. You know, Festival of the Lost, you get Eris involved, you know, like, hey, uh, something's afoot, you know, just even a little funny little sub story or even some satire type stuff like Grasp of Avarice. 
just something to engage the community and and something to open the eyes, you know, instead of just kind of looking on paper and saying, oh, looks like we're going to be doing the same thing. This Donnie is just cookies. You know, this time it's like, hey, forget the cookies this time. You got to do you have to do these quests. And for you vet players, you got to run these uh, dungeons on a much higher difficulty to get this stuff. And then for the for more of the casual audience, they just have to um, they have to listen to like what each niche they have to find a way to fill each uh palette when these events come out because not everybody wants to go and pick up you know 30 bounties and farm cookies and and just keep banking cookies at zavala you know 20 times they want to have a little bit more nuance to it and i think if they could get that the seasonal events would be would be would be a lot more would be taken a lot more seriously. And I think the, the community would be a buzz too, because these seasonal events, sometimes they're the gap. They're the stopping point between one season to the next, you know, like uh, they're in their filler to try and to get us to point A to point B. And for a lot of folks, that's a big deal. Like if things start to get a little bit stale, the season events like solstice, for example, coming up is that big reignition of the flame. You know, it's like, Hey, solstice is here and then you know you tell people and it's like ah geez solstice huh but if you if you really wow the pete if you really wow everyone you say hey brand new exotic gun that you can get this time around but you got to go through some crazy quest steps to get it but it's it's great it's got this it's got these perks and really wow people then it's going to be like oh man what you're telling me we get this in between the season to the next that's what i'm talking about that's really well put and I'm curious for the both of you, do you think that Destiny will ever be an esports PvP focused game? No. I agree. And I think and they, yeah. If they, if they wanted that, they would have done that years ago. I think that they'll probably at some point, I mean, they're already working on a game. It's been called Matter that's supposed to be a competitive shooter. So I think that will probably either be something that's in the destiny universe or is this a completely standalone game so uh, that to me seems like probably the way they are going is in that direction where they're like going to make another they're going to make a whole another game because it's not possible for destiny to to be a competitive esport they have to make a whole other game whole other sandbox and i yep i i agree with D- to fizzle on that and that's because i remember uh back when rise of iron came out they actually had had put on this mlg thing at the time uh to bring in private matches with the debut of rise of iron on d1 and i remember uh oh what's his name jez he's a pretty big youtuber i think uh he makes like satire comedy stuff but he made this hilarious youtube video that i think is still on his channel and it kind of was a parody of the this MLG event that went down with like N Cooch was there, uh, Frost, they, they were all there, I think, for this this thing. And that right there, if you go and watch that, it is like a dead giveaway that this is definitely not going to be at any point a, a competitive, competitive, like, you know, esports scene game because you kind of watch like there's a lot of funny moments where you know you see like these abilities that are being used and Jez does such a good job of making it hilarious because he like shows you like hey this is he's using Goldie there was like whiffed melees uh someone was you know there's just a lot of crazy stuff that they were using in the tournament that was just kind of wild and um and it it basically was their way of saying like hey this is 
I don't think it's ever going to be like this. I think it's just we have to accept the fact that it's this zany sandbox where someone with a Jotun can pop off and somebody can glide around with it with a lever action. And I think I think they've kind of come to peace with it, that it's kind of like this this chaotic sandbox of theirs. And that's why, you know, like like the fizzle said, like, you know, they have this other IP coming out. That's interesting. So do you both think that the next IP that Bungie is working on is going to be that PvP esports competitive experience that some players want? I think so. Yeah, I mean, they've already said that they plan yeah. the game to be a competitive FPS. So. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize they did that. When, when did they make that announcement? Uh, oh, was it like a couple months back? Something okay. like that? I think they're yeah, like, hey, a, we, yeah. It was a while ago. Huh. Interesting. Well, that is definitely um, really interesting insights in terms of where, they're, where the team is going. And I know that Luke Smith did an interview a few days ago on another podcast, and he talked about how the team focused primarily on pve over the last few years and it makes a lot of sense that the larger focus was really put on the pve until there was a pretty large outcry i would say from the community at least from players who normally just play pvp where they felt abandoned or not really given the level of you know content they feel like they should have and i totally agree yeah now, yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't, we didn't have a crucible team for a while like the years years yeah. and i think it i think it happened right after destiny 2 went free to play or to some degree right yeah because before that i believe that um someone from bungie made the announcement that all Crucible content was going to be available for free for all players. And that was a really exciting, pivotal moment for a lot of players. For me, that was a little bit concerning because that indicated, wait, if it's free, does that mean that Bungie is not going to support it to the same level? It seems like that did kind of happen. Mm -hmm. But Bungie is putting more effort to accommodate at least some degree the PvP community, which is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. So what do you both love about the Crucible today? Is there anything that you enjoy about the PvP experience that we have? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the chuckle before. <laughs> I mean, this, I'm trying. I'll try really hard to think. I mean, um, I think the, one of my favorite things about the PvP sandbox right now is that there isn't one thing that is meta. Like it's there's a lot of variety, and I enjoy right. that. That is probably the one thing that I can say that I enjoy currently about PvP. I'm with I'm with I'm with Defizzle on that. It um it uh it, yeah the 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 crazy amount of zany stuff you can do like 
it, it, like if you're not feeling golden gun you can put on arc staff you can put on you can like the, the the craziness that you can do and all the different weapons are what make it and you know obviously if you got friends online that's always a great time that yeah that, that's my for sure yeah i think for me it's still the shooting mechanics in in destiny i think it's better than any game out there like just shooting almost any gun in the game feels better than what mm-hmm. i would play with any other shooter and to me that brings me back even if it's like repetitive maps mm-hmm. or some aspects of the experience lacking it, it still becomes that comfort yeah and i like that plus uh, you know i i do think Bungie did a really good job with all of the maps. There's quite a bit of map variety. You know, so I I do think we have enough maps where it doesn't feel like I'm playing the same thing every time. What are you what are you referring to? Exactly. Well, like for the PVP maps. I mean, we've had the same we we got one new map. I I'm I maybe in terms of like range of engagements like we're getting more variety like there's more maps that aren't just like a lot of the maps are geared towards like short to medium range like there's not very many long range maps like we got like Vostok and Eternity and this new map Disjunction but I mean I guess it depends at what level you're playing the Crucible but for me like you know uh, I think we got one new map in like a couple hundred days you know like 900 days and PvP definitely needs more content. That, that's just me, my opinion personally. I definitely feel like I'm playing like, like I there's maps right, but I it's like mm-hmm. I've played all of them thousands and thousands yeah. of times. Like it, and it, you know, I I I like Disjunction, not because it's a good map, just because it's the only new map that we've gotten in like right. a long time. So if you look at the total number of maps that are not vaulted, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven maps in total in the game. I definitely think they can add more maps, and I don't know how difficult it would be for the team to just build an extra map whether it be getting an extra you know group of developers to work on that i'm not sure how that would work out from a technical standpoint but it seems like would it not be a simple matter of them hiring more people and hiring an yeah. extra team and maybe charging players an extra 10 bucks or do you do you think that Maybe Bungie feels like they can't charge more or like what's what's the limitation here from giving us more maps? Is it just, not going to be they have different priorities? It's the bottom okay. line. They have different priorities and different things yeah. they're interested in. They, they, crucible maps just are not one of them. Obviously, if they were, they would make time for it or like develop it. But it's just not a yeah. priority. And their actions show that. There's not no way to dispute it. If they wanted to, like, you know, 
PvP. We're going to be getting a comp rework in like season 20, next season 19, 20. So PvP is just like definitely well, on the back burner. Slow burning fo- candle. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more focused on other things that, you know, have more recurring players, I guess, like seasonal yeah. content and story missions and stuff like that. Like PvP just isn't their main focus. It's not a right primarily PvP game. And like I said, they show that with their actions. Uh, yeah. they, they definitely update the sandbox pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of new content, it's just not really that much. And there hasn't been for a while. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And um, they definitely even confirmed it during the interview with Luke Smith, where he you know, you know, said like our effort was put on the PVE experience for the players. Right. And that was the primary focus. And we can see based on the gameplay that we're getting right now, like we're getting a lot more in terms of the PVE between the dungeon, the story missions, the uh, the Leviathan, uh, Sabathun, uh, Throne World destination, a lot of stuff that, you know, is very pve centered and not a whole lot from a pvp side so you're right i definitely think there's a lack of prioritization for pvp and i'm wondering you know if that is a positive thing to do because i mean you you look at games like call of duty warzone fortnite um apex those are all very pvp focused games and I feel like if Destiny were to grow, that would probably be the market they're going for. Because from a PvE perspective, I don't think they really have any real competitors. Maybe you could say World of Warcraft. The real competitors are from the PvP side of the industry. I agree. I think Destiny has a lot of untapped potential. I think everyone feels that way. I think potentially even the people at Bungie feel that way. So, and they're trying to, you know, make Destiny. Uh, the way I see it, Destiny has always been in a constant beta. Like right now, we're playing a beta. Bungie doesn't, for sure, a hundred percent know what they want to do with, you know, Trials or Iron Banner or Gambit or even the game for that matter. It's it's something that's ever changing. I mean, Destiny 2 was a game that was supposed to last like two years and, you know, we're kind of undergoing maintenance through the entire, like, you know, we weren't supposed mm-hmm. to get like uh, light subclass fragments. At one point there was a dev that said we would never get those things. And look where we're at now. We have Solar 3.0 and Void 3.0. So right. Bungie at times can be very indecisive with, you know, what they're, saying they're going to do and then what they actually do so but you know they're they're reimagining what destiny is or they're they're like if that makes any sense that's the way that i see it does yeah 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 no totally totally and i'm curious to um end our discussion with the guardians what is next for the both of you on your Destiny journey. Yeah, keep doing what I'm doing. Personally. <laughs> yep, same hey, same for me. Same for me. You know, it's it's you uh you just enjoy it. 
I think I think that's the big thing that I had to figure out early on. You gotta have fun with it. You gotta enjoy it. And uh yeah, every day is something new. Let's let's do it. Yeah, and I'm oh, yeah. I'm coming back to Destiny after a little bit of a break and it's been a lot of fun just going in and having fun. Being able to go in 100%. and just yeah. my character and just play. And in some ways I really miss that. Yeah. And uh, like it took a little bit of a break. I I stopped playing for like maybe a month. And I'm I think back I needed fresh. that time. Yeah, hundred percent. But coming back to it, man, it feels so great because the, the the PVE story that we're getting, and it finally feels to me like you know, I'm not as difficult on the game. Whereas before, it's like I feel the game would not satisfy me because it's been the same thing just for the longest time yeah so guardians on a slightly different topic we have an event that we just got uh last weekend with trials of osiris and we are going to dive into trials and talk about all of the things that um, we got to experience. I did not. I'm going to be honest. I did not get a chance to play trials, but I bet you anything, Defizzle definitely played some trials this weekend. Now, GG Grinds, I'm curious, did you get a chance to play trials this past weekend? Yeah. Yep, I did. Awesome. And did did you go to the lighthouse? I did. Wow. Awesome. That was fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. Now, and you know, I didn't go 150 times like D here, but hey, who's counting? <laughs> it was, it was okay, seventy. How many times did you go to <laughs> He has the full count. How many times? 77. Yo, let's go. <laughs> 77? Let's yeah. go, baby. Bro. <laughs> You know how many times I've gone flawless in the last three years? No, I don't actually. Once. Here it comes. Once. <laughs> Just crickets from defense. I don't even remember what the lighthouse looks like. I'm going to go watch a YouTube video. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Let's okay. Go. Hell yeah, dude. So how's the experience? I mean, you've you've done it 77 times this weekend. Obviously, you played more than I'm ever going to play in the At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Entire lifetime of destiny. So, I mean, I am just blown away by that number just alone how was your experience like i mean it was good it was fairly easy but obviously that's not always i had a lot of people complaining that you know they they were having a hard time because there's no freelance and that's a flawless pool but i mean for me this weekend was probably the best in terms of matchmaking and like it was it was the most it was ideal in my regard but for a lot of other people it was not um but I don't know. Some people like flawless pools. Some don't. Some uh, some want to say. Some don't. Uh, I I personally, for me, I don't really care whether it stays or not. I I like when flawless pool was a thing. I just would play in flawless pool. Some people six one reset to like not match people in flawless pool because generally you're going to match good players in flawless pool more often than you would not because everyone in flawless pool had to go flawless. So. But, you know, it wasn't too bad. It was just kind of normal trials, you know. And um, I mean, I would say it was a lot easier than normal, actually, because it was just random matchmaking. It wasn't card-based. There was no flawless pool. It was just you would match whoever was queuing. It's connection-based. So That's really interesting. So they, they didn't have skill-based matchmaking this it's time not, around. It's not skill-based. It's flawless pool. So skill-based matchmaking would insinuate that you're going to be matching people that are at a similar skill to you. And that's not even what Flawless Pool is. You just match other people that have gone flawless for that week. And that's on Sunday to Monday, if you'd say. Okay, interesting. I, I did, not, did not realize that. Goes to show how many times I play Trials. <laughs> But uh, I will make more of an effort to to definitely get better and play. And what were some of the things that you wished they could improve upon with trials from what you played? Um, I think that they need to give us more incentive once again. I think just across the board, Destiny Destiny really lacks yeah um, depth. I think Destiny is a very shallow game a lot of the time. Um, in terms of like, you, you, so what I mean by that is like, if I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. So, for example, in PvP, there's no like hardcore PvP mode. Like, Trials is like the most hardcore thing. And I feel like that, in a way, is shallow. Like, there's no ranking system. There's no like, cosmetics there's nothing like that and you could have those things in pve too but i don't know for me i just feel like trials in its current form is very shallow and um they don't give players enough incentives to want to hop in and like give it a try because they, you know they, there's weapons like we get two new weapons and that's it and the weapons are like not favorable weapons maybe the fusion but the sidearm not so much um, mm -hmm. And just on top of that, it's like 
Uh, I don't know. They, they, it's just, once again, across the board, I feel that the game needs more depth. Like, I, I think they, they need to add more activities in the game that reward players for skill rather than just RNG and kind of give players something to chase after or things that are sought after. Whereas, like, right now, it's just, like, time sinks is what I feel a lot of the right. rewards are based off of. It's how much time you're able to put into it. And it'd be nice if there was things where, like, you look at that player and you're like, oh, my God, that guy has that, that title or that emblem. Like, he's got to be a really good player because you cannot be a really good player and not have that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I but, totally agree. It doesn't, it doesn't have yeah. to be. It doesn't have to be like anything crazy. Like you know, think not forgotten is like crazy. It can just be like an emblem or a shader or an ornament, and and it gives players just something that simple adds a layer of depth to the game that we just do not have right now. Um, and that, I think the game is yeah. seriously lacking in almost every capacity in PVE and PvP and and everything. So, yeah, I I have to agree with you on that. You know, I think that there is a lack of depth in the game. Like, if you think about it, bounties have been at the core of what we're grinding out to get our XP, and that has been something that existed since the very beginning of Destiny. Mm-hmm. And doing the same bounties each and every season to level up the same season pass as a way to progress your character, it becomes just a grind, you know? And on top of that, not really giving us enough new things to grind for. So, like, while I think certain aspects of the game are definitely improving, for example, the story has been getting a really strong focus, I do feel that the leveling system, the progression, the rewards, that's an area that definitely needs improvement. Now, I'm also curious, um, Gigi, do you have any thoughts on any items that you think could make the PvP experience better in Trials? Do you think that there are any aspects of the game that improve you know i i've been i've been thinking about this a lot because like you know the weapons are they're they're all right it's just you know like for example with this with this past weekend you know um fusion and sidearm awesome um but it would be amazing to have like something like really really unique um like you know a lot of these weapons you kind of see that you know, like, uh, what was it? I got a shotgun last season from Gambit and I pulled it up on the collections and it's kind of like almost a complete copy of Hawthorne's Field Forged from year one. And I started to think about it. I was like, what we really need is something that's so unique, something so cool looking that you want to get it because of how unique it stands out on your back if you're walking around the tower. Like, I remember in D1 part of the reason that you want to do these raids and and these nightfalls is because you could get some a full set of raid armor and you know some really unique looking weapons like i think back to king's fall and king's fall had some crazy cool looking like hive chitin uh hive chitin um uh weapons and armor 
And it was so cool. And I'm like, if we could even just get like something that unique, it's going to make people want to jump into the playlist a lot more because trials right now, I feel like for the, for the, what's it called? Uh, for the, for the concept of going into trials for the casual player right now, it's sort of just like, man, I don't know. Do I want to put myself through that for, you know, a fusion and a sidearm that sure have a cool trials look to it, but for the most part are just kind of, they kind of look like other weapons, nothing really crazy about it. But if you give them something like there was like a machine gun that had that was covered in like hive uh, armor that just smacked and it looked so cool. Like if you saw somebody walk around the tower with that armor and that weapon on their back, you knew they had to complete the raid, which was its own accomplishment because, you know, it's tough. And if you were to get that kind of transition to trials, I feel like that would help a lot. It has to stand out. It has to be unique. It has to be something that wows the eye to the point that they're like man i want this thing like that thing looks so cool i want this thing because my first ins- insight when i saw the fusion inside i was just sort of like it's got the tr-. you know what i mean it's, it's got the trials logo on it it's got the yellow and and the eyeball on there that's that's cool but if you were to give me something that had the most cool little like even cabal inspired look or something just crazy unique i would be I'd double down. I'd be like, let's go. Let's give it a shot this weekend. I get my group together and say, let's let's give it a try. You know, this thing looks really cool. Let's try for it. And I think that would go a long way. Just give us some really cool looking new weapons and maybe even an armor set that's just totally out there in terms of its uniqueness. Really well said. And um slightly different topic relating to trials. Um, what is your go-to weapons when you're going to trials? Or is it map-dependent, for example, this past week? What was your go-to loadout? What did you optimize for your build between resilience, recovery, mobility? What is the best way to be able to compete in trials? Do you want to take that? I mean, you're yeah, got a lot um, more into Yeah, man. Uh, so for me, once again, it's based on what the enemy team's using. So if the enemy team is using like pulse rifles, I'll swap to like a no time to explain if they're using like shotguns or they're using like, you know, bubble. So the, for me, there's a rule like if the enemy team is using stuff that I consider to be very overpowered, like Lord of Wolves, Chaperone, uh, Well of Radiance. In trials in particular, because things like that can be pretty much a free round win, I'll put on something like Lord of Wolves or Amioculus, like very, very strong things in the sandbox currently. And, you know, if, if I see them doing that, then I will do it in retaliation. But uh, normally I just use Palifrac because that's what I enjoy using. So, but, you know, I, I definitely yeah. change my loadout a lot based on what the enemy team is using. And who I'm playing against, so. Right. Now, as you go into your match, how do you how do you know what the team is like? Is there a way that you can check, or do you just go I into that screen? Yeah, I just inspect all of them. Gotcha. Yeah. And I play the game so much that I usually have a pretty good knowledge of like who I'm playing, like if they're someone that I need to be worried about or not. So Golden Falls seventy-seven times now. How many hours do you play in the day? 
I mean, I did 33 hours and then 30 this like, last week. So that's in a, in a day. Well, I mean, it's you know, crazy straight, I guess, because today's 24 hours. Wow. But. I was going to say, you and Denny were streaming for like a hot minute. Yeah. So can someone like myself with a pretty low ELO, I would say I'm probably like a 0.5. Can somebody like me become a skilled pvp player in trials uh potentially if you put enough time and effort into it but you know obviously you got a lot of work to do i love that you have a lot of work to do yeah i mean yeah yeah definitely i'm gonna be honest with you you definitely do i love that that's that's and and now what do you recommend in terms of starting do you recommend just playing do you recommend learning from specific creators who make builds or well, I recommend definitely getting into informative content, um, like watching videos about, you know, builds and strategies, because at, if you're like, if you're at a 0.5, I feel like there's a lot of base level things that you don't understand and don't know about the game and just about playing FPS shooters in general. And like, there's a lot of room in that regard, just learning, because there's a lot to playing games. There's obviously the... um the like mechanical skill but there's a lot of mental that goes on along alongside that for sure and like you know a lot of for example a lot of the the you know you can apply a lot of like military strategic like practices in fps shooters very much so um you know there's just having that those like basic understandings about like pvp um, I feel like at, at that level is is something that's probably lacking, and th- those things can definitely benefit you as much as like you know knowing what's the good weapons to be using right now. Maybe even more so if you were using bad weapons, but were super intelligent, you know that could help you more honestly than someone that's yeah. uh, not very intelligent but using good weapons, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. So in other words, I need to play smarter. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you got to arm yourself with knowledge because, you know, you got the weapons, <laughs> yeah. right? But knowledge and, like, decision-making are also yes. weapons. Definitely. definitely. Well, that's really great advice, and uh, I will definitely work on my PvP skills. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the trials, <laughs> and you're going to be like, I remember that guy. We did a podcast once, <laughs> and... Maybe, yes, maybe you won't go as hard on me, but we'll we'll see. TBD on that. <laughs> and Guardians, we do have another uh, thing to dive into before we talk about the Bungie Weekly Update. We have a really, really awesome interview that was done with Luke Smith really recently, and... I was really surprised personally to see Luke Smith do an interview because he's normally pretty quiet. You don't hear from Luke Smith these mm-hmm. days. Uh, but it was an hour-long interview that he did with the Academy Awards of Video Games. And um, it was really, really good interview. Did you both get a chance to check that out? I actually did not have a chance to watch that one. I have not either. 
Okay. Well, it it was um released a few days ago, so really, really recent. But um Luke Smith definitely shed a lot of really interesting insights into multiple areas of the game and hmm. how it progressed early on and the team's thought process and even some of the things that they're working on today. Um, and they did start by discussing, um, like, how do you determine what's working? And one of the things that really <clears throat> surprised me from what Luke Smith said was that we always felt like we could have done better. We have had things in flight. The raid mm -hmm. team has been working on Vogue in spring of 2014 and moved immediately on to work on Crota's end. So that definitely put a really interesting paint on where the company was, especially early in the days where I feel the team was just going from one project to the next without any breathing room to really take the time to develop and to build out, you know, the framework for the game. So I, I thought that was really interesting for Luke Smith to uh, mention that. And yeah. I'm wondering, like, for you as a player, how do you determine when something's working in the game? Like, what are the aspects that you're looking for that make the experience feel good? That's a good question. Well, something's working in the game. That was an interesting way of wording that. But yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying when something feels good. Um, for me personally, I would say... I don't know. I, it's There's a lot of... Uh, like boxes to check, I guess. Um, I think giving the players, so like let's say a story mission, right, or a raid, uh, I think the feel, for example, of like King's Fall, uh, the tone and the feel and like the lore and all that stuff and just everything behind it, you know, the, the, when you look at like a, a raid like King's Fall or like, you know, the Leviathan raid, I can't, re I can't even remember the mm -hmm. name of it. It's like the tone is like completely different. And I, I think one is clearly better at setting a tone than the other um, in terms of just like the intensity and the interest that it might like peak in the player. Um, and there's a lot of ways that they can make things feel like, you know, it works or whatever, but right. I think it, it, there's a lot of boxes to check, like I said, in that regard, to make those things happen. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, just speaking on raids in particular, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really well well said. You know, and I, I think also when you can get lost and not worry about the in between i think that makes the game really fun you can just get lost in the game and yeah. like yeah. imagine going into the raid for the first time and you're like you've never seen that environment and then you can just stop and enjoy it and just take it all in or 
defeating the boss for the first time after spending hours. You know, it's it's that it's that special feeling that you get in terms of a sense of accomplishment because you achieved something greater than what you were able to before you started the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes the game very special for me in that definitely is an indication that it's working well when I can just forget about how and just experience. Right. Um, now, the other thing that Luke Smith uh, talked about during the interview was the transition from being a single game to a live service game. And early on, Bungie didn't really have a live service game mentality coming into Destiny when Destiny 1 first came out. We saw that was pretty apparent with the expansion pass and how, you know, Mm -hmm. we didn't really have seasons back then. Now we have more of a live service experience. And I'm wondering, is Destiny better now as a live service game than what it was initially? Or would you prefer a game with a different cadence of content that we had before? Destiny, in my opinion, is the best it's ever been right now. Yep. Uh, I think anyone that says anything otherwise is just wrong and probably looking at things with like rose-tinted glasses, so to speak. Um, You know, I I don't know how anyone could like justifiably or like factually say that Destiny 1 is better or maybe you can maybe argue that Destiny 1 was better than Destiny 1 Year 1, but... Yeah. yeah, in its current form, I don't know how you could argue that at all, like, and actually think that. I'm especially really impressed with just the overall sheer volume of content that we're getting from season to season. Because if you think about it, during the first year of Destiny One, we had the 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 original game, the vanilla game, and then we had the first two expansions and now we have three seasons so i feel like you're getting more Mm -hmm. to fill in that gap in between the major yearly expansions um and i feel the story is large enough where it feels like we're getting more content now than we did before at a more rapid cadence and I really enjoy that. And I, I totally agree right. that, you know, today we're, we do have a much better overall experience. I will say, like, there are things that I miss from Destiny 1. Like, I wish they brought back Wrath of the Machine because I think that raid is really, really epic. And how cool would <laughs> they play that on PC in high frames? Yeah. Um, I think that as an in-between piece of content, that would be really good. Now, what I don't want to see, and... I'm sure I'm not alone here is that I don't want for any old content to be a substitute for new content. Like I I don't want to see the next major expansion have, let's say wrath of the machine. I think we need a new proper rate, a new experience, but I do think that from season to season, there is a place for that content to come back and 
reinvigorate the Definitely. game. Like, imagine getting the Menagerie back or Prison of Elders or, um, you know, Crota's End or Wrath of the Machine. I mean, I think these are all experiences that would make the game more fun and more varied from week to right. week. So definitely excited to see what Bungie does there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are a few other things that Luke Smith talked about during this interview. Um, he, and this was really interesting, he talked about how the team divides their attention between PvP and PvE. And this was very eye-opening to me because Luke Smith said the following. He made an analogy of um, getting a burger from the Cheesecake Factory mm-hmm. in saying that you can't really please everyone. Everyone across all teams, raid teams, PvP teams, campaign teams, want to provide for a better experience. Right. Um, however, they cannot please every group at True. all times. And that's True. something that I think the team realized. Um, he did also admit that the team has largely focused on the PvP, PvE experience. Um, he also noted that they spent a tremendous amount of resources to bring back modes and that sometimes those resource those resources were worthwhile whereas other times that they did not really pay off and he referred to it as something interesting cheers paradise um and i'm wondering like to what degree should bungie listen to players and at what point do you trust the data? Or can there be a balance between the two? I think there's a balance, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's very important about like what players here. As they said, they can't make everyone happy. So it's just best for them to do what they think is best, I think. I mean, yeah, well, that's not what I think. But from their perspective, I feel that's what is best for them. Right. Yeah. And do you both think that Bungie making Destiny or some aspects of Destiny a free to play experience, do you think that benefited the game or do you think that it hurt the game in the long run? I think initially it may have done a little bit. You know, there was obviously an adjustment period. Um, because you know, there's a lot of things. I think I think the biggest thing that I saw when they switched to free to play was figuring out how the content was going to work going forward, like purchasing expansions, that sort of thing. And um, and I think another thing was also going free to play. You know, and it was, that was around the same time. Um, I think it was out for PC for maybe a year at that point before it swapped. But I think one thing that I noticed was that when they swapped to free to play, there's like a massive influx of of cheaters. And they're like, oh, boy, wait a minute. Um, now, you know, you can make it's free to play. So you can make as many accounts as you need. And then I think it was like, you know, they triage the situation. They're like, all right, here's how we remedy this. I think ultimately, though, ultimately, free to play was the right move just because now you know, when I talk to guys at work, 
you know, I'm like, hey, uh, you ever play Destiny? And they're like, oh, man, how much is that? I'm like, no, it's free. They're like, oh, so I can try it. And if I don't care for it, I can go back to whatever it was I'm playing. I think it's a nice way for people to dip their toes in the pond without committing as hard enough as to buy the expansions. Like right now, I have a friend from work who's trying it out and he's enjoying himself he didn't think he would but he's trying he's starting to like it more and more and now he's asking me like hey you know what which expansion should i get and i think it's a nice way for people who are op, you know cautious about destiny to be able to experience it before committing fully to it so ultimately i think it was the right right go ahead definitely and um what about you defizzle what do you what are your thoughts I think um, they definitely should not have ever made the game free to play without any cheat um, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand what happens to games when they are turned free to play. So they, I mean, and, you know, today they had the lawsuit against the cheaters. They won, you know, $13 million or whatever. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you look at a game, you look at games like Rainbow Six or Fortnite or COD and you know or apex or just any other free-to-play game and like those games especially at the time were like riddled with cheaters and Mm -hmm. it just seems i don't even know what the word to use for it but it, it the fact that they let cheaters be around as long as they were was like uh surprising i guess is the word i'll use because, I mean, once the game went to Steam, uh, when Shadowkeep came around, because I believe that's when it went to Steam, uh, you know, the cheaters were very abundant. And yeah. it was pretty much that way up until very recently, actually, like within less than a year, I believe. I, I can't remember when we got the battle eye. When was that? It was in Season of the Lost, I think, just before Witch Queen. Yep. I'm pretty confident. Yep. And cheaters were like very abundant up all the way from like Shadow Keep till Season of the Lost. It's wild. And the fact that they let that go on for so long was just amazing to me. Um and they should have definitely known that if they were going to make the game free to play, that was going to be something that they needed to have done before the game was free to play. I think ultimately has helped the game, but I think mm-hmm. that they handled making the game free to play in probably one of the worst ways they could have actually handled it in any like situation. It's good now that they have anti-cheat and cheaters are definitely not yeah. as frequent. But yeah. that should have been something that happened right out of the gate. Hundred percent. Because I I mean I who knows how many players stop playing the game and probably mm-hmm. will never touch the game again because they got they match some cheaters like and that's the thing like people i know people that stop playing this game because of the cheaters yeah yeah and i've I've encountered you know cheaters myself or i think because i mean i'm not a great player to begin with so but there were times when i would not deal any damage to the enemy or somebody would be teleporting and the experience was so bad that I would not want to go back and play Trials because there was no chance. And if I have no chance of progressing, I feel my time is not rewarded, it's not respected, and I don't 
oftentimes continue playing that. So very valid points. Now, I definitely think that there are some benefits to, you know, having a free-to-play experience available to players. But I think that in a PvP environment, there are some risks in doing that. For example, if you allow for any free-to-play players to go into competitive modes, there's always going to be exploit and just individuals who are able to easily access the game so they will and mm-hmm. the harm is they make a new account it's not going to really affect them so i i definitely feel like that was something that bungie overlooked i, I will say definitely. i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say even because you mentioned pvp but even the pve part of the game like the integrity of the game is ruined you don't like if you don't have any cheat and you're not combating cheaters you know, leaderboards are ruined, like World's First can be ruined. Like, yeah, those, those, the integrity of the game is at stake. And it, it like, it, that's like in every activity. And they let that go for so long. And it, it surprises me. Like, I'm amazed that they did that. I'm happy that it's finally fixed, but, you know, it hurt the game I mean, a lot. It is. Like, huh? why, why does Bungie let it go? I mean, Bungie is known to be notorious about having bugs and cheeses that, you know, make, for example, a raid completion very easy. I mean, shit, look at Riven, right? I mean, most players probably only know how to cheese that entire last yeah, I've, never, I've never done Riven legit, ever. Yeah, you know? <laughs> And I'm sure I'm sure the team did not intend for you to stand by some random wall where you got teleported to a new location. Like that can't be the way that it was designed to be. Right. So why doesn't Bungie fix it? Is it that they can't fix it or is it more of a resource allocation problem? I mean, tough one. That's that's a. I think that's completely different in terms of like having an anti cheat for your triple A video game that, you know, will be riddled with cheaters if you don't have an anti cheat when you make it free to play. That's just like, I, I think for them, so many people in the community don't know how to do Riven legit at this point that they just, you know, aren't really interested in fixing it. It's not, it's not something that needs to be done, you know? Yeah. Whereas like, you know, having any cheat in your triple a video game is like integral to like the survival of your video game because if everyone is cheating then like you know it's like the cheaters are gonna like scare away all the people that actually want to play the game because if you're sitting there and putting time into you know a game like you said and you're just getting cheated on constantly like the player's not going to feel respected how do you improve against some guy that's paying 30 dollars a month to hit every shot or to like kill you immediately off spawn like Right. No one wants to play against that. And like I said, it it fucked with the integrity of the PvP, but it was also messing with the integrity of PvE as well. So, and just every aspect of the game in terms of like players accomplishing. Right. Yeah. No. Those those are definitely some really valid valid points there. And now with the introduction of Battle Eye, did it help? Yes, it, cheaters are not really a thing. I mean, I so I played a cheater literally the first day of Season of the Haunted, like literally less than 24 hours. It was like 7 in the morning, and I played a cheater. 
Um, I have it on YouTube actually. So, but yeah, no, it's, you definitely don't match them as frequently anymore. Like I think that's probably the only 100% I'm sure that guy was cheating because he was literally firing a sniper rifle, like a fucking like auto rifle. And, uh, other than that, I don't think I've matched it either. But they're not as frequent anymore. But, you know. Mm-hmm. They're still around. Yeah, no, and yeah. I, I have noticed that there has been less of a frequency with um, odd circumstances, let's put it that way, where I would question whether or not I was killed legitimately or not. And yeah. Guardians, we have one more thing to talk about tonight. We have the Bungie Weekly Update for this week at Bungie, as we know it today as. And we're going to dive into the Bungie Weekly Update. This week, we have Cosmo delivering the news from the Bungie headquarters. And we have the Sever mission that is out now um have you both had a chance to play through the sever mission this week yes yep and what are your thoughts without spoiling too much i don't remember anything i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely don't i i think i did it like i did it for the bobblehead or whatever like i was watching you <laughs> side and I, I went in for the automaton because i want to get the reaper seal like, oh, okay I, like, yeah yeah so I just had a YouTube video up on the side and like I was watching, I was more paying attention to the one minute YouTube video of where the automaton and the bobblehead are in the mission than I was to anything that was happening in the actual mission, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I think the coolest thing about this whole season a, as a whole is, is that the story is bringing us down the rabbit hole into the personalities of these characters that we've had for so long. But when you really think about it, we don't know too much about them. Um, you know, you, you learn little bits, little little details here and there. Like, you know, Zavala, you, you, you know, I, I go back to Sloan on Titan. She goes, yeah, I have some stories I could tell you. I was like, please tell me because I want to know, like, how do you know this dude? Like, where did you guys fight? What's the story? And I like how while it's pushing the narrative forward, it's also giving us a uh, deeper insight into these characters that we like. Like I'm, I love Zavala. I love, you know, Lance Reddick. He does such a great job. And I, I love the fact that we get to see more and experience and delve a little deeper into these characters, man. I think it's, I think it's really good storytelling. I think it's really paying off. I agree. I think that's yeah. honestly this season, the best aspect of it is the story. Yeah. 100. I'll give props where it's due, man. Like I, I, I just want the game to be the best it can, and I try to, yeah, constructive way that I can. And the narrative team is doing an amazing job. Like they are doing absolutely phenomenal. Hell yeah! The narrative of Destiny has improved like tenfold ever since. We're yeah, because the narrative at one point was like, oh, you're the light. You know, you defeat the darkness. Like, <laughs> it's, very, it's very cookie cutter. Go kill shit. Yeah. It's kind of gone to this. Yeah, or darker. Like, you know, everything yep. is just white and black. Like, a, there was a gray. And that's life. Life is gray. Life is not white and black. Like, it's... Yes. Things are not that simple. 100%. Yep. And I very much enjoyed the narrative. Uh, the continued yeah. narrative. No, I, I agree with both of you. And I'm, I'm so happy because I'm very big on the story in Destiny. That's probably something that i 
gravitate to more in the game. So I'm so yeah. happy to see them put such a strong emphasis on the storytelling. Like I feel for me, I get enough in the game just from the story alone, being able to go in each week and to experience a really good story and almost almost feels like an episode of a show that you come back to each week. Mm -hmm. And in between you have this guardian that you can level up and play dungeons and new activities, whether it be the new uh, duality dungeon or the new seasonal activity, or even going back to playing um, the 30th anniversary dungeon or um, the, some of the vaulted content they're bringing back. Although I do have some problems with, for example, the vault of glass they brought back because as someone who is leveling up my character, what ended up happening was that I didn't get any pinnacle drops until the very end. And it was one single pinnacle drop that didn't give me what I needed. So I ended up spending an hour playing a raid that I didn't get anything that progressed me at all. And that's that doesn't make the game more fun. Um, so I do wish that they yeah. changed that one small aspect of it. But I will say the story itself has been just a plus between Definitely. the narrative with Zavala and um, all of the other characters and uh, the crow. It has been a really, really awesome experience. I'm excited to see where the story goes next. Definitely. Me too. Now, yep. Guardians, we did Big also uh, learn more about this week's Nightfall. The Corrupted Strike, everybody's favorite Nightfall, I know. <laughs> we both uh, gotten your Nightfalls done this week. My Nightfalls? <laughs> no. Are you planning to? The hell is a Nightfall? <laughs> what is a Nightfall? Trials, my dude. Trials. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm still leveling up my character to seventy, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I'm still climbing up there, so every Let's little go. bit counts. So yes, I still have hell yes. Nightfalls. That's what I'm talking about, Corey. I only participate in the GMs usually. Like I, I once I'm, I gotcha. Yeah, that's because the adept weapons can be pretty good. So. Oh yeah, extra spicy. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm trying that. I'm out still, tomorrow. I'm still good working on my try on my, uh, on my. I, I can't do trials yet because I feel like I, I just don't have a team where I'm good enough with and i don't feel like i can contribute enough to the cause uh with trials but i'm gonna work on that i promise <laughs> we're gonna get there cornholio is going to be a pvp legend by Let's next go. year give me one year it's gonna take time but we'll get I'm there starting the clock okay clock started one year <laughs> one year right now yeah. it's 858 we have one year <laughs> one year to the day we year. meet back here and we'll check your destiny tracker <laughs> love it we're we're gonna do that oh shit uh, horrors least is the pulse rifle for the taking this week so if you can bear the pain in the corrupted strike it's yours potentially <laughs> unless your rng is like mine then you won't get it. Uh, zone control will become available in the Crucible Labs starting next week. Yes. Who's interested in that? 
Oh yeah. That's gonna uh, be a great time. A bit. Now I'm curious, um, what do you both think about Crucible Labs just overall as an idea? I, like I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it it sure beats like the same thing over and over. And I mean, you know, it gives them an opportunity to run these these test groups, these data tests that they've been running uh, to see what's clicking with people and what's not. You know, like, you know, let's just say hypothetically, they they have this this zone control this weekend they find out oh man it was the lowest population or you know this didn't work out well or whatever you know i i think it's a good way for them to check their stuff see what's clicking what people like what don't they like and they can keep bringing out new stuff i mean give us keep keep up the new the new stuff for us to test you know gives us gives us and gives us gives them something to work with yeah no i i totally agree I was a little bummed out when they stopped doing Crucible Labs. Yeah. Because I felt that it gave them a chance to really test and experiment and not feel like it's a permanent thing in the game. 100%. Um, so I was always a fan of it. Like I always enjoyed playing uh, all the uh, Crucible Labs and just trying out all the weapons that they introduced. So I really enjoyed that. And I'm I'm yeah. glad to see that come back. Always a good good thing. Um, they did mention some notes on Crucible Labs. Uh, it will be available for the duration of Season of the Haunted, with the exception of the week that we get Iron Banner. So FYI, if you're looking to sink ah. your teeth into Crucible Labs, your chance will be for the entirety of this season. Um, the mode is more of a traditional objective mode where you only score points uh, by controlling zones. So traditional control. Uh, also, Cosmo noted controlling an area and being able to safely gather three or more guardians in the most efficient way to cap a zone. Uh, and uh, he did note to watch out for nova bombs so <laughs> there's your quick tip from our community manager cosmo thank you cosmo for that um any thoughts on this new mode that we'll be playing starting next week uh i'm excited for them to be bringing more objective based game modes into the crucible because i think that's what we're lacking um, and it's not really a new mode, but it's a returning mode because we had that back in Destiny 1. So yep. it's nice that it, they're bringing a mode that was back in Destiny 1 that you know some of us will kind of be familiar with. I'm excited for that. Yep. I'm I, actually on that one. Like, I used to like zone control back in 91. Same. Big same. And yep, I'm, I'm, doing that. I'm happy to see anything where Crucible gets more to do and more attention because i feel like you know crucible has been i don't want to say abandoned but it has yeah. been getting less love than the other aspects of the game so i think anything that improves upon crucible it's a win for me definitely definitely now, we do also know a few more notes about this mode 
uh, for capture times, if it's one Guardian, it's 22.5 seconds, two Guardians, 10 seconds, three Guardians, 7.5 seconds. So, in other words, the more Guardians that are standing on the plate, the less time that it takes for you to capture that zone. Teamwork. I personally like that. What do you both think? Yeah. Yeah, it's team oriented. Um, you know, it, it lets you develop your strategy. You know, I think even in the 12, they even mentioned like, hey, if you want to send out a lone ranger to to try and take a zone, they're going to have to put up some some heroics. But it, it's nice because then you actually get to work with your team like, hey, who's our most aggressive player? Who's the SMG shot? Who wants to to get in there, try to get the zone? It's risky. Like you get to, you know, discuss your strat or if you guys just want to all three pile on. You know, you get to choose how you want to play it. I think that's I think that's a great way to have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, really, really great to see that here. Um, Cosmo also notes a few more things here about this crucible mode. The initial capture is going to give you one point and you will get two points for every 15 seconds that you hold a zone after that. So keep zone and you'll have more value than initially capturing it. Again, oh. much more objective-oriented, much more uh, team-focused. The first team to 125 points wins, and if a team fails uh, too far behind, uh, we detect that even if they held two zones for the rest of the match, they wouldn't get enough points to catch up. A Mercy will be put into effect. So it looks like Mercy will be in effect if you fall behind a bit too far, which I think that's a good thing. Um, personally, I don't want to prolong the match if I don't have a chance of winning. Right, I just want to move on. So I think that this right. helps, you know, to ensure that you don't waste as much time. Yep. So all good things there. And this upcoming week, Trials of Osiris will feature zone capture variant. Interesting note about trials this week. Um I'm curious, how will that affect your strategy in Trials? And will it be easier or more difficult to go flawless? I'm sure D-Fizzle will be able to just <laughs> yeah. rush it regardless. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of bubbles and wells this weekend because they are Tier 5 supers, and they are both very good. Bubble is better than a well, though, so. Yeah. Yeah, and with this new focus on, um, you know, just capturing um, zones, and um, I'm wondering if Titans and Warlocks will become more effective just based on the fact that a Titan can pop, pop a bubble and Warlock can very easily pop a well, so that will effectively give you better protection when you're in the zone i mean the thing about well is you can be headshotted out of well and mm -hmm. they can also break the sword whereas bubble is just up for 30 seconds so like let's yeah, say you pop, you pop a bubble and then the enemy team pops a well on top of your bubble 
if everyone on your team shoots the Well of Radiance sword, you can break it easily. You'll have weapons of light. Um, so that's why Bubble is definitely better, because you can shoot the sword, and you can also be headshotted out of Well of Radiance. So, But Well is definitely an option, for sure. Well, that's good to know, because I was going to start, you know, uh, using my warlock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well can be very good. Sure, they have the healing grenades. You know, it can be good, but it's definitely not better than Bubble Titan. Well, I think Sentinel, Sentinel or Ward of Dawn Titan is currently the best class in the entire group school, actually. So, yeah, I hear with Solar three point that Titans are pretty dangerous this season. Yeah, I mean, Solar three point Titans good as well, but it's still not better than Sentinel, like than Void. 3.0 titan uh, nothing in the game is right now in my opinion huh okay well good to know yeah and we did also get some uh updates from bungie about uh the pride strike team they uh, talked about the history of their uh efforts with uh supporting uh pride and they share ways to support the lgbtq community um and uh, there are some really, really cool emblems that you can get for uh, picking up a pin that's available on the Bungie store. Uh, and if you are also interested, we are doing a giveaway on the channel. Uh, we're uh, we're going to be giving away one of the emblems from that. So if you are interested, do check that out. Uh, and you can learn more by visiting Bungie.net with this week's Bungie Weekly Update. And we did get some uh, issues that were resolved with uh, updates. Uh, 4.1.0.3, there was a hotfix that was released earlier this week that addressed a number of issues in the game. Uh, there was an ornament for the Celestial Nighthawk that was unavailable to equip, so that has been resolved uh and some players were missing void and arc subclass unlocks players could not use armor synthesis and of course with uh changes made to the airborne efficient effectiveness excuse me uh there were some issues that bungie had to investigate with that um they had a problem with the exotic armor pieces not granting the advertised airborne effectiveness stats correctly when equipped uh, for the following pieces uh, sealed Ahamkara's Grasp, Lion Ramparts, Peacekeeper, uh, Perengreave Greaves, um, Wings of Sacred Dawn. And uh, this is working correctly, but does not state in the description that the bonus will be active. So make sure to take note of that until the issue is resolved. And Bungie also noted that if you participated in uh, the GCX celebration, they did have a do donation campaign. Uh, the emblems will be available for distribution on June 27th, 2022. Uh, we did also learn about some known issues in the game this week. Uh, there is a list of things that Bungie noted. Um, <clears throat> the Flawless Together Stealer Triumph requires players to complete all encounters in the Duality Dungeon 
without any of the members in the fire team dying. So that means if you're planning on going flawless, you don't want me on your team. So FYI there. Um, the tiers of um, contrition, I hope I pronounced that right, scout rifle uh, displays the incorrect magazine option when shaping the weapon at the relic. And upon shaping it, it is also further displayed incorrectly. Uh, the without remorse shotgun does not appear in the collections, so FYI, don't dismantle it just yet if you want to acquire it back because it is currently bugged. The Conflux Legend Lost Sector requires the Rift Legend Lost Sector to be unlocked. Uh, the Leviathan Destination Weekly Challenge does not progress for some players. And certain weapon damage buffs are not functioning correctly in PvP, including the Will of the Given Form buff from the Aegir's A uh, Skepter uh, Catalyst. <clears throat> so those are the notes this week from the Bungie Weekly Update. Any thoughts on any of the items that we got in the patch notes 4.1.0.3? Uh, I'm not familiar with the items. I mean, let me look really quick. And yeah. the resolved is what you're referring to? Hmm. Or what what exactly is that that's what you're referring to, right? The resolved so, issues. So these are the so those are the um things that uh we got with the update the with the issues uh res corresponding to uh 4.1.0.3 update. Right. Uh there were some known issues specifically for the uh damage buff not functioning correctly in PvP. And I'm wondering if that's something that you had uh noticed in the game. A uh, damage buff not um, no, I mean, a lot no. of those exotics I've not messed with, to be honest. Um, Same certain, damage buffs, certain damage buffs. No, I've not noticed those, personally. I don't, I don't usually, like, I use, like, high-energy fire and stuff like that, and that's, mm -hmm. like, that to my damage buffs, other than that. But Aegir's Scepter, um, yeah, I don't, I don't ever use that. Personally, I don't even know what will give inform buff. I don't know what that is. I've never, I've never seen that in my life. It's that uh, I think, yeah, it's that stasis trace rifle. It, it's big thing is like if you get a kill, it freezes a lot of the stuff around it. It's good for crowd control. Gotcha. Well, no, yeah. I, know what, I know that's what Agri Scepter is, but I'm talking about the. Oh, world. I gotcha. Yeah, and so Agri Scepter, the catalyst, is like. When you have your super, you can basically use your super to overcharge the gun, and it yeah. like, does a lot of damage. It's really good with um. I I did it once with on a lost sector. They uh, someone recommended to pair it with the warlock chest piece, uh, mantle of battle harmony, because I guess it it'll help with getting your super energy faster. I, I forget exactly what it does, but it, it lets you get your super quicker, so you can keep doing that crazy damage that you can do when you utilize the aggers like that. Yeah, 
I haven't really been using um aggers myself. Mm. Um but also like I've been really focusing on getting my character leveled up and catching up. So um I haven't really had a chance to experiment with different builds because yeah. my strategy is to first get my character leveled up so I'm not wasting upgrade materials because I feel like otherwise I'm just wasting them. Um, so I, right. I haven't been experimenting too much this season uh, beyond leveling up my first character. Man, I feel like I have, I feel like I'm behind. <laughs> it's like four weeks now into the season but um hopefully by next week i should get my character to um 1570 uh at a hard cap so yes beyond that and guardians i can't believe it but we have come to that time we get to wrap things up for the evening we get to rate the weekly update in the form of gg grinds will appreciate this one spicy tuna rolls between <laughs> one and five one being, you want to stay away from that, it's bad. And five being, that was probably some of the best that you can get. So I'm curious, what would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update between one and five spicy tune rolls to fizzle? What are your thoughts? Um, I would rate it a one. Like, uh, and it was, I mean, for me, I, I think they really need to address the uh, air accuracy, like, badly. Like, and I'm surprised that literally pretty much all we got this week for the TWAB was, in terms of, like, a peek into what is happening with them, is literally just zone control. Like, that's it. That's, like, that mm-hmm. was the beat of the TWAB to me. It was like, oh, we're getting zone control again, and Miles is going to be zone control this weekend. Cool. So for me, it's a one. Really didn't like it. Um, very disappointed. But, you know, there's always next week. There is always next week, for sure. What about you, GG Grinds? What would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update from one to five spicy tuna rolls? Uh, I'd, pr- I'd probably put it around, probably around a two. Um, nothing too, like in terms of twabs and the grand scale, it's... You know, you got the announcement about the trials and you got the uh, the the emblem, which I think is awesome. I love that there's still, you know, everything they're doing for the uh, the LGBTQ community and 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 pride. I think that's great. And you love to see them, uh, you know, doing that. Um, other than that, though, you know, it's just sort of it's just sort of, you know, um, you know, you have your movies of the week, you know, great stuff. It's just nothing really pops off the page at me just your standard fare you know nothing too crazy with you you know it, it's a very just uneventful twab to yeah. me anyways. it doesn't yeah. feel like there's anything here that really is game changing or anything that would create excitement for anyone i think right. that um It's nice that Crucible Labs will be coming back with zone control. I think that's nice, but that's really the highlight. And like, it's it's a good change. It's a good addition to the game, but it doesn't excite me. It doesn't mean like I'm getting some crazy exotic or some awesome rewards that will excite me. I think the Pride um, efforts are great, and it's something that they have been doing as an ongoing thing, and I think that they featured this 
um, in a previous update a few weeks ago as well. Um, so nothing really new there. Um, and a bunch of fixes, you know, fixing a lot of things that they are breaking along the way, which, you know, it, that's standard for a live service game, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's safe. So I would say two out of five for me as well. Yeah. Nothing really to, uh, get me excited about but also you know it's destiny it's another week so yeah. definitely good that we're getting updates yeah yep. um so yeah um so guardians we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening i'm curious uh before we let you go steve has where can we learn more about you and what you do in the destiny community um I'm assuming this is where I link my socials, yeah. Perhaps. Uh, well, anyway, if you are interested in learning more about me and what I do in the Destiny community, you can always, you know, drop on by by my Twitch. My Twitch is just B-I-F-F-I-Z-Z-L-E to fizzle. Um, or my YouTube or my Twitter. Those are all ways that you, if you're interested in content uh, on my behalf, yes. keep in touch with me. Um, Love that. Yeah right on man and we're going to include all of your socials in our show notes um so we'll definitely make sure to include that in all of the notes for this episode and uh gg grinds where can we learn more about you and what you do yeah um if you guys ever want to come by and uh check out when i'm you know when i'm live i i do stream on twitch um you can catch me at uh, twitch.tv slash you know gg grind same name as you you can see there in the chat um i i've been doing a little bit more uh tiktok youtube when i can you know the usual the usual uh content um but yeah if you guys ever want to drop by you can catch me there it'd be nice to meet you And yeah, Guardians, thank you so much for joining us on the Destiny Show podcast. It was such an awesome, awesome evening with you all. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us live. Thank you for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and every major podcast platform. Make sure to catch us on the web at destinyshow.com. We have a new website coming very soon. I'm actually getting that finished in the next few days. So keep an eye out for that. And follow us on Twitter at The Destiny Show for all things Destiny 2. We have uh, giveaways. We have uh, different uh, news that we share and updates out the podcast as well so make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at destiny show podcast and live right here every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific and thank you so much guardians for joining us tonight on the destiny show podcast and we'll see you all next week good night everyone and we will see you starside and that was a podcast, Guardians. Thank you so, so yeah. much for joining oh, us. No yeah, definitely.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.